What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you decide to try and skip through these advertisements, we got a special announcement to make. And what are we doing? Well, we're going to be doing a big ass giveaway. Oh, yeah. Hotshot Brewery, Booze and Fire, the Ass Movement, and myself have all teamed up to do a little good deed slash giveaway. We're going to be doing the cleanup for Dirty August giveaway. And it's cool. You know why? Because we're going to do a good deed. We're all going to band together and we're going to collect some garbage off of our public lands. We're going to do a cleanup. So basically uh, when it goes down is from the week of August 9th through the 15th, we're going to start collecting some trash. Basically, all I have to do is grab a grocery bag sized bag, if not bigger. Hell, if you want to go and overachieve, get get a 55 gallon barrel liner and fill that son of a bitch full of trash. Uh, and if you happen to come across some, you know, biohazardous trash in the, uh, public lands, definitely do use some caution glove up anyways. So what you guys are going to do is you're going to go out and you can do either do it on duty. You could do it as a just regular old stroll Sunday stroll on your public lands. You could do it. However, it's opened up to firefighters, general public. It's opened up to everybody. But the basic premise is, is you just clean up and you do a good deed. But there are some rules. Those rules are, well, it's easy. Actually, it's super easy. You just get that grocery sized bag or bigger, fill it full of micro trash or just regular old garbage. And you take a picture of it and you send it over to the ass movement. Yeah. Make sure you dispose of it properly, of course. And the last rule, go over and follow the ass movement, hotshot brewery and myself. Seven lucky winners will be chosen. And if you guys decide to join this movement with the ass movement as a crew, there'll be some extra incentives out there. So one last rule, do it with the right attitude. You guys are doing a good deed, but there's a little bit of incentive to go along with it. Hell, you might even uh, score one of those coveted dirty August shirts from Hotshot Brewery. Anyways, if you guys want to find out more, go over to www.thefirewild.com and check out the ass movement on Instagram. The Anchor Point Podcast is also proud to announce our latest sponsor. Yeah, Manscapes. It is so, <laughs> I think it's so funny. Anyways, it's cool. Uh, I'm stoked to be working with these guys and they are stoked to be working with you guys and offering you an exclusive discount. So if you guys go over to www.manscaped.com, you can get 20% off plus free shipping. And that's site-wide too with our exclusive code. Just use code anchor points, all one word at checkout and receive your 20% off and free shipping. And that's uh, anything on the store, like I said. And yeah, you know what, man? I, I actually really enjoy these guys. Uh, not only are they hilarious, but uh, also they have a, a good little deal going. Uh, a portion of the proceeds go back to the Testicular Cancer Foundation, which is pretty cool. And you know what? I'll stand by them. I've had a lawnmower 2.0 for a little over a year now, and they work well, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys ever experienced a slight trimming accident, but it's not fun. And these things are designed to reduce those injuries, if not eliminate them completely. So your balls will thank you. Go over to www.manscape.com, Use code anchor point, all one word and get 20% off site wide plus free shipping. Yeah. Check out that uh, perfect package. And that is the lawnmower 3.0, the new and upgraded one. It's got like a little travel bag to keep all your stuff in, all of your uh, toiletries in. It's even got some uh, ball deodorant and some toner. And they throw in a 
a pair of actually pretty damn comfy performance boxer briefs. So once again, go over there and check them out. www.manscape.com. The Anchor Point Podcast is also brought to you by our Premier Pack sponsor. Who is that, you might ask? Well, it is none other than Mystery Ranch, built for the mission. Now, if you've been rocking a Mystery Ranch pack on the line, well, you're probably doing things right. They are arguably the most comfortable and the most well-built fireline pack out there. But did you know they also make another full line? Well, just about of everything. Hell, they make solutions for hunting. They make solutions for travel, for backpacking, for military and LEO. And they also make some pretty damn sweet briefcases as well. So if you guys need a command kit, go over there and check them out. And they also get back to the community. They have also started the backbone series. Basically what that is, is telling the story of the backbone of the fire community, which is your temporary seasonal employee. This also uh, is going to include some permanent uh, seasonal employees as well. Some random overhead and retirees as well. And yeah, I'm really looking forward and super stoked to be working with these guys working on this project. They also have started the 1039 scholarship program. Yeah. So if you guys want to go back to school, get some education, help further your life goals and your career. Well, look for that coming down the line soon. They're going to be starting that pretty soon. But if you guys want to find out more, go over to www.mystery. Did I just say four W's? Oh. Anyways, let's try that again. Go over to www.mysteryranch.com and check them out. The Anchor Point Podcast is also brought to you by our premier coffee sponsor. Who is that you might ask? Well, it is none other than Hotshot Brewery. Oh yeah, kick-ass coffee for a kick-ass cause where a portion of the proceeds will always go back to the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. Other than kick-ass coffee, they make a full line of apparel that uh, kind of represents that wildland firefighting culture, and they have all the tools of the trade to get your morning started off right. So go over there, check them out, www.hotshotbrewing.com. Also, they support the Anchor Point podcast by slinging our merch. So if you guys want one of those Band of Brothers tees or one of the Fire Fiend shirts, uh, definitely go and check them out and definitely uh, put one of those in your cart, man. Yeah, orders over $125 get free shipping. So once again, that is www.hotshotbrewing.com. And last but not least, the Anchor Point Podcast is going to be brought to you by the Smoky Generation, also known as the American Wildfire Experience. And it's pretty cool. If you guys haven't uh, been over there yet, go over there. I highly recommend it. And what it is, is a digital catalog, uh, an archive of sorts of wildland firefighting stories here in North America, dating all the way back to the 1940s. It's pretty damn cool. Bethany has an awesome organization over there, and she's actually teamed up with Water Axe Pumps and Mystery Ranch to help facilitate some $500 grants for you folks in the field. Yeah, I know that uh, 2020 applications are closed and they've already been issued, but 2021 is right around the corner. So your opportunities coming up. Definitely appreciate what Bethany has going on over there. And uh, if you guys want a little history lesson or a trip down memory lane or want to see some of the current events and uh, works of the folks in the field currently, go over to www.wildfireexperience.org and check it out. of this podcast do not reflect the views and opinions of the United States government, the Department of the Interior, the Department of Defense, the Department of Agriculture, the United States Forest Service, the Bureau of Land Management, National Park Service, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, or any private, municipal, county, or state firefighting organization, any law enforcement agency, any medical provider, or any contractor employed by any federal agency.
right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast. So hiring season is on the horizon. Yeah, it's uh, dirty August, and that's uh, typically when start their stuff starts trickling out of USA Jobs. So I hope you guys have your applications and all your documents and your resumes all dialed in. But in case you don't, well, we're going to talk about that very thing on the episode today. So today on the show, I have got my good friend, from Outdoor Careers, LLC. She has been writing resumes for quite some time now, and she specializes in writing fire service resumes. So if you guys need a little bit of help or you guys want to write the perfect resume or just need some generalized guidance or help, definitely listen to this uh, this episode. Yeah, lots of good tidbits on how to apply, uh, what the people are looking for as far as resumes go, and some other generalized tips and tricks to uh, up your chances about getting picked up. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce my good friend Heather from Outdoor Careers LLC. Welcome to the Anchor Point. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Anchor Point Podcast. Today on the show, I've got a very special guest. She is resume extraordinaire, Miss Heather from Outdoor Careers, LLC. How you doing, Heather? Hey, pretty good today. How are you doing? Well, bright and shining. Uh, I, I just got these like, I, all right, so I, I'm a total fan of Joe Rogan and I, I get suckered into his stupid ads and I got these mints called Neuro Mints, so I'm all jacked up on caffeine and like B vitamins right now. It's kind of nice. Okay. Very cool. Joe Rogan's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name's Heather. I'm the owner and primary resume writer for Outdoor Careers. Um, I've been in the resume business since 2016 exclusively. So yeah, and before that I was uh, with the U.S. Forest Service since Mm -hmm. about 2005. Um, I started, yeah, I started on an IA kind of fuels module in 2005 um, I moved around to different um, types of crews and modules. I've been on like type 2 IA crews, type 3, 4, 5, 6 engines. I was on a Helltech Repel crew. I did prevention, dispatch, all kinds of stuff. Um, and I did that as a temp for a few seasons. And then I, I moved on to permanent and primary fire. And I ended up leaving in 2016. That was, you know, to start my resume business. So, um, I mean, I usually say I have like 10 years of fire experience, I guess. I don't really know how to add all that up. Um, but I still AD as well. So, I mean, I'm still kind of going. I still try to stay fresh in the fire world. So, like, when resumes are slow, I go out and AD. I love doing PIO work. Um, or sometimes I do expanded or IA dispatch. So, yeah. Nice. So, if you don't mind me asking, what made you uh, leave the uh, the game? Even though well, you're not, I mean, you're still dabbling. Don't get me wrong, but right. I'm still dabbling. It's really the best of both worlds. So yeah. Um, I think, you know, really I recognized, I really like to work, um, for myself. I'm really, um, really driven, really motivated and I work really well independently. And so I just thought it would be great to work for myself and wouldn't it be cool to like be able to work from home or work from anywhere and definitely have something more family friendly or, you know, raise my dog, you know, or just that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of why I decided to quit and just take the leap. It was kind of, um, uncertain. Like I, you know, I didn't really have a lot of security jumping into it. I just kind of had this idea and thought, um, I 
well, I think I'd be good at this. And I kind of know people in the fire world. Like I've worked around a few different places. So I kind of have these connections. Like I think I'd be successful at this. Um, so yeah, I guess that's kind of how I got, got into it nice. and why I quit. Yeah. No, it's, it's cool. It, that's another thing too, is like, everybody's like, I try and stress the important, the importance of a side hustle, but you went full bore. You just went like, right. Yep, I'm just going to do this. What was that like? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was definitely a little nerve wracking, but I think I just got to that point where, um, I was just ready for something new and exciting. And I was, you know, to be honest, I was getting kind of tired of being stuck at this like, like GS seven glass ceiling kind of thing where I didn't really see myself as like an FMO, um, or like division supervisor, um, I was actually kind of trying to work the angle into public affairs. It's a hard road um, to go down though. Super. It, it is. It is definitely. Um, and just with the feds, they're kind of weird about series like, oh, you're in the 0462 series. That's not the 1035. So, you know, changing series sometimes can be, you know, a little bit hard to get HR to, to recognize your collateral duties and that kind of stuff. So, oh, yeah, it's super tough. I mean, it's jumping from one one series to another. I mean, it comes without its it comes with its own set of problems. I mean, sometimes those series are recognized as secondary fire, or sometimes they're recognized as non fire. Even so, you might right. be losing office, losing a lot of retirement benefits, especially if you're not vested. Right, right, for sure. Yeah, and I was definitely vested, and I mean, I could still go back. Um, and I have like non competitive reinstatement, but um, or I guess it's not, well, it's, I have reinstatement rights, but at this point, um, I'm just really digging the resumes. And when I get a chance going out to AD, because again, when you AD, it's you say when you're available. So yeah. So I've been actually ADing the past like couple weeks just because we're, we're right before fire hire. It just was announced. And so, um, yeah, I still have a little bit of time. I'm still able to balance, um, what I have on my plate after hours. Usually right now I'm just doing some dispatch stuff. We usually work 10 hour shifts. And so after hours, you know, what else am I going to do with my time? I'm able to catch up and just work on those on the side during this assignment time. And then definitely comes to a time where I have down the AD and focus solely on resumes full time. It's kind of like tax season for tax accountants. And yeah. No, I got you. Uh, it's, it's probably easier to manage your time, especially in the summer, because obviously fire hire is not going on, but right. you know, it's, yeah, it keeps you engaged and it keeps you, right. uh, yeah, it's, it's good for your business as well. Right. Yeah, for sure. Get to network and meet new people and, and, and also see people that I've known from previous positions and stuff. And, um, it's really great. And this fire world is super small. So it's always, you run into someone you worked with, you know, at some place at some time. And yeah. Have you done any resumes for people you've worked with in the past? Yes. And it's funny because <laughs> unless if I, unless if I know them really well, um, I usually don't be like, Hey bro. Yeah. I worked with you. Remember me? Like, you know, kind of like fangirl or something. No, I, 
usually don't say anything unless if they say like, Hey, don't I know you? And then I'll, you know, then I'll say, yes. Um, I think I, yeah, we work together at, at blah, 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 because you know how it is like when you work on a district, like, you know, someone's name or like you've seen them around, but you don't necessarily like know them that well. So it's like, there's always, or they're on like the adjacent district or something where you worked. So definitely I see a lot of names that I recognize, but, um, I just try to keep it professional and like, wait until they like say like, Hey, don't I know you? And then I, yeah. So then I like off to the races after that. Yeah, I guess so. So, nice. yeah. So one question I had for you is like, like, we all know that Uncle Sam doesn't really appreciate the side hustle as much as we do. How do you manage the conflict of interest if there, well, there isn't any, but there potentially a conflict with the, with the feds. Right. Is that really hard sure. to manage? Because it was hard for me. Right, for sure. Um, and I know exactly what you mean. And that's why ultimately I did have to quit. It was kind of like... I didn't have a huge conflict of interest just because I, as soon as I decided to do this, I was just like, okay, I need to resign. Um, but I did start like setting up my website and that kind of stuff before, um, I, I resigned. Um, but I think once I actually signed up for my LLC and I was like, this is it, I definitely had to, um, to resign and, and do that. But definitely as a, an AD, it's not a concern. So, so yeah. Yeah. It's like a different set of rules for AD. Right. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's, it's just one of the reasons why I got out of fire as well. Cause I, I, I wasn't trying to like disparage anybody or say anything wrong, but I know that uncle Sam was listening and they still right. are today. So, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. It was like, okay, well, I got this going on. I got that going on. I always got this podcast and yeah, I just kind of made the same decision, uh, pretty much with along the lines of yours as well. Just kind of just cut it off and make it clean, you know? Right. Take the jump. And I, and you know, not having that security, it was like a little bit scary at first because I thought, I don't know, is this going to be successful? Am I going to really stick with this? Maybe I should get another job in the meantime, because I'm also kind of like a workaholic. I actually like work three jobs, like with the resumes and the ADing. And I also substitute teach. Mm -hmm. And it's all, it's all nice because substituting and ADing, I can say when I'm available. Um, so if I have a, a huge resume load, I can, you know, decide if I'm available for those other things. And so in the meantime, when I resigned and I was a little bit worried, you know, is this going to pay the bills? Am I going to be successful? I actually took a full-time job teaching and I was hired like a day before the school year started. And I've I don't have a, a full time. I don't have a full teaching credential. It was like an emergency hire. And I basically like went into the interview and I was like, well, yeah, I think I could do this. Like I know music. So yeah, I could direct band. Like, I mean, I've never done it, but I'm pretty sure I could do this. And, uh, so I was a, a, a full-time middle school and high school music teacher. So I taught band and choir and, um, I only, I took band in like fifth grade, um, and then I just did choir for like the rest of my schooling and whatever. And, um, 
I studied music a little bit in college, but I ended up changing my degree. So anyway, here I am like teaching music full time just because I wasn't sure if resumes were going to work out. Um, but the cool thing, you know, with teaching, I was just really passionate about the music and everything. And we ended up going to state um, for 3A division for the first time in like five years, I think it was. Nice. And we play, we placed at state. And I was just like, you know, I went in there never even directing a band before. And like, here we are at state. And it was just, it was pretty cool. So that worked out, that worked out, but that leads me into, <laughs> so at the end of the school year, I was like, you know, I just don't think I'm going to come back because uh, teaching music is super duper demanding. I I kind of think it's more demanding than any other sub any other subject because you are constantly chaperoning these kids to different um, individual solo competitions or um, ensemble competitions. They're like across the state. They're in another state. They're like in the middle of winter. You're driving over mountain passes. It's like super stressful. You don't have a day off for like two weeks because you're chaperoning kids everywhere. You also have pet band. You also have um, other concerts and fundraisers. And it is just insane. So I was like, you know, I'm not going to go back the next year. And here I am with my resumes again, right? And I was thinking, okay, it was probably July. And I randomly got this phone call from this woman named Bethany Hanna. Oh, I've, Bethany. <laughs> I have no idea how she got my name or my number. It's just, I think the fire world is small. And she, um, she heard I was doing resumes and I guess I don't want to go into all the specifics of what we discussed and everything, but, um, long story short, uh, she offered me a, a business deal. And ever since then, business just took off for me. Mm -hmm. And so definitely I, I'm super grateful to her and there's like no way that I could, you know, repay her for that. It's just, it's pretty amazing. And, you know, I think she was just to the point, she's doing some really great things with her American wildfire experience and uh, the smoky generation. And I think she just really wanted to focus all of her time and energy into that. And so, you know, here I was just starting out and um, it was like the steep learning curve because, you know, I thought I was really good at writing. I thought I had these, you know, really good skills. I'd helped coworkers while I was working for the forest service just for free. Um, I helped them with their resumes and, I thought I was really good. Right. And then, um, once I started getting super busy, there was just this really steep learning curve of like, wow, I thought I was good, but there was just so much more to learn. And it was in a really short amount of time that I just really picked it up and, and just kind of was able to run with it after that. But definitely I improved, I think a lot over a short amount of time, but, um, yeah, there was that, but yeah. Yeah, that's how it all kind of took off. Nice. Yeah, Bethany is a wonderful human being. Love the yeah, shit out of her. Shout out to Bethany. For sure. So, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and they, like that whole balance though too between your work life and then you know fire and then teaching. That's that's hard, man. Do you have any tips oh, and yeah. pointers for the people that are uh, looking to go down their similar route? 
Oh my gosh. You know, especially this past, these past couple of weeks while I've been ADing, especially, I've really had to prioritize my time um, really hard because it's like down to the minute. And luckily, you know, while I'm on this assignment, I'm staying in a hotel room. So it's not like I have a family or kids or a husband or house to clean or anything like that. I'm just like here alone in a hotel room. All the bars are closed. What else am I going to do? Right? No, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out to the bars. Either, but you know, like what else are you going to do? You're only working 10 to 12 hour shifts and you just really have to say, okay, I'm going to sit down from this time to this time, as soon as I'm off and I'm going to get this amount of work done and just keep chipping away and, um, you know, work out kind of planning. Like I like to exercise a lot, work out. And so just kind of planning that into the day as well. Um, so yeah, it's just really prioritizing your time. And I mean, I'll admit like, Sometimes I procrastinate a little bit. Sometimes we all do, I, though. Right. Sometimes I get a little bit lazy, but um, especially just because working, you know, a 10 hour day in dispatch and then having to also do resumes, it's definitely I have to prioritize really well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's the thing we were talking about earlier uh, before we started recording. But yeah, if you're passionate about something and you're in charge and ultimately responsible for the success or the failure of your own livelihood, you're going to pour a lot into it, a lot more than if you're just working for Joe Blow manager, you know? Right. Absolutely. And I feel like I've always been the type of person where like I take a lot of pride in my work and it sounds kind of silly, but like even in school growing up, like I just really was striving to get that like gold star or like, you know, striving to be the best in spelling or writing or whatever it was. And so, I mean, I definitely, I guess I'm maybe like an overachiever in a way at times. I don't know. So I'm always pushing myself for sure. And I'm always busy. Like I'm never bored. I guess I could say I'm never bored. So <laughs> ADHD, it's a blessing and a curse. Right? Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> no, that's a good thing though, because I mean, it's uh, you know, same good thing goes to fire. You know, we're all pretty much the same driven, motivated people. So naturally it's right. kind of affected you positively in the outcome, you know? Right. Absolutely. And I think it is a lot like, I mean, I think there's a lot of really hard, I hate to use the word like workaholic, but really hard workers in, in the fire world. And yeah, it's no different me doing resumes at this point. I, I just carry the same kind of work ethic, I guess, you know, from when I was in fire permanently. So, oh yeah, no, it's a good thing. So yeah. outdoor careers, LLC, you started this yeah. up, you're, you're in, in, uh, cahoots with Bethany there. Bethany's awesome. Yeah. And yes. this all turned into basically writing resumes for firefighters and others, other, other PDs as well. So now the big question, we we all see it on the horizon. Fire Mm -hmm. hire, fire hire is on the horizon. It's coming up and it's coming up quick. So how do we prepare? Right. So definitely the most important thing is just preparing as early as possible because we all know it's coming, but we don't know exactly when. And for a while there, it seems like it was happening earlier and earlier every year. Like it used to be fall fire hire. Well, it still is fall fire, but it starts in July. Well, this year it's starting in August. Well, for region five and region six, I saw they just announced they're doing like a tiered fire hire this year where they're at least this was the tentative plan where they're going to hire, they're going to have the openings for GS nine from one date to another. Then they're going to do GS eights one day, one date to another. And then they're going to go GS seven and below. And I I have the exact dates 
in my email. But anyway, um, they were planning on doing like a tiered system, but that's all going to start mid-August for Region 6. Region 5, they're starting early August, August 10th, I believe it was. And Region 3 is somewhere in there too. I have a few uh, clients in Region 3. They're like, it's probably around the same time, but um, I haven't heard any definitive dates on that. Um, but anyway, prepare early as possible. Um, also, just because when it's in the middle of fire season, who has time to like sit down and hammer out their resume and work on their resume? Mm-hmm. You know, when you're, you don't even have cell service sometimes when you're out on the line. And, you know, so definitely early. Yeah. The earlier, the better. Yeah. I always try to stress that to uh, the people that I worked with at my old stations, plural stations and mm-hmm. crews. Uh, you know, I mean, if you want to be truly prepared to move on to another job, definitely write your resume in like August or not August, March, April, rather April. Jeez, I can't right. talk to right. you. <laughs> uh, right. like April, right. May, you know, do it when you have right. time before season actually gets into like ass kicking mode. Right. Yeah, for sure. And if you have it done ahead of time, even like whether you're using the USA jobs format or you have your own separate like word document, which is what I do, what I create, then if you have it already uploaded into USA jobs ahead of time, when the announcement opens, you just attach it, you click the right, you know, make sure you're checking the right boxes and you just send it off. So it's super convenient. If you if you're out on the fire line, you end up t- having like 10 minutes of service. Or if you're on R- R&R, you don't really want to mess with it. It just takes, you know, 10 minutes to get your app in. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. No. So we mentioned fire hire, which is primarily a forest service gig. What about uh, Bureau of Land Management, DOI, NPS, uh, all that stuff? Do you do that as well? Oh, yeah, for sure. So I do have a lot of BLM clients. I don't think I most of my clients like I have a I have a few that have worked for the park service, but I don't think I have had any that are currently applying. But then again, um, you never know where some people end up, what agencies they end up applying to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a fire resume is pretty universal. Like if you're going to go to an engine, hotshot crew, type 2IA or hell attack, it's it's kind of universal. Like obviously if you're going into something like dispatch, you want to be more specific towards communications and any time that you've had in dispatch, but just for the primary fire kind of jobs, it's pretty universal. Or again, like fuels, if you were going into fuels, you'd want to definitely focus more on the fuels aspects. But, um, so, I mean, you can definitely prepare that ahead of time. And for any agency, it, even state agencies, I have some Cal Fire clients. I have some Colorado DFPC. I have a DNR Washington. I think I have ODF client. I mean, I have over 200 clients and I have a pretty good memory, but I, you know, I remember most of them, but you know, all the details, I, you know, I can't quite remember all, but there's several state agencies as well. So yeah. What about like uh, DOD firefighters? Like if someone wanted to go do a structure, pursue a structure career on a DOD base, like Fallon NAS or something like that, do you do that as well? Right. For sure. I could definitely do that. So I am a certified professional resume writer. So I studied, I did like a lot of self-study. I studied a bunch of books and some guidance um, by an, it's a, an association. It's the Professional Resume Writers and Career Coaches Association. Um, so I did a lot of self-study and then I had to pass a test um, for a professional resume and I passed the test and I'm certified to write a resume for any field. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Yes. And so I picked fire just because obviously I have direct experience in it, but um, I'm I mean, 
there's always jobs in fire that I actually don't have. Like I've never been a smoke jumper. Like yeah. what the hell does a smoke jumper do? I don't, they jump out of a plane, right? Like, <laughs> you know, or I had like an air attack. I've had, I've had several air attack clients. I'm like, what does an air attack do? Well, I know what they do. They show up at a fire, they fly around, they give updates, they, you know, deconflict airspace, whatever, but I've never been an air attack. So Definitely. I do a lot of research. I internet, you know, you can read up on like the Firewatch Cobra program. Like what's that, you know? Um, and, and so I just, I do a lot of research. So I know what I'm talking about when I'm writing a client's resume, or if I'm just like totally at a loss, obviously I ask them and I just say like, so could you explain to me, you know, what this is exactly? So I can write like, I'm writing on behalf of them. So I gotcha. Now, do you write resumes for like, say the entry level firefighter even? Oh yeah, for sure. And I've done a couple, I, I've done a lot, but I'm thinking of one in particular. It was, um, Mike, I had a client, he's a hotshot superintendent and then his son was getting into fire and it was going to be his first season, um, hopefully getting picked up on a crew or an engine. And so he didn't have any fire experience, but he was super athletic. So, you know, he's in really great shape, gifted athlete. He went camping a lot. So he used like topo maps. He's used GPS. He's driven ATVs. He's managed a campfire, you know, safe, <laughs> safely managed. Own IC5 there. Right, right. Safely managed and extinguished a campfire, you know, all these kinds of things. Um, it still counts. Um, definitely. If that's the only experience you have, you got to put it in there. If you've used a shovel, if you've used an ax, if you, you know, managed a campfire for crying out loud, I mean, that kind of stuff. Or if you've taken any kind of classes where you're learning to read, um, topographic maps or, um, use a GPS, that kind of stuff. Um, it's definitely good to say that you have knowledge of that. And some people they've taken like online S130, S190. Um, they don't necessarily have that experience, but they have that knowledge of Mm. it. So you can also just talk to that knowledge of, what you do have. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's coming up fast. So, I mean, this is like a whole hiring episode basically. And uh, yeah, it's, it's important that we all know this stuff, even if you're the seasoned veteran or if you're the first timer applying. So it's good stuff. So what about like searching for the right position, the right announcements? I know that USA jobs, it, it could, it could be a shit show. I'm just going to say it it can be difficult sometimes, but what are some things to look for as far as choosing the right position and selecting the right job to apply to? Right. So I guess just the basics. Um, I always recommend just looking up like the title for like the U S forest service. Um, they use forestry technician or forestry aid for, um, most of their fire jobs. The BLM sometimes will use the range technician. Mm-hmm. So the forest, the but forestry, they're, techni- they're phasing that out. Uh, uh, so I've heard uh, those are phasing okay. out the ranging range technician eventually. I'm, I know right. it's still out there. Right. I'm not surprised. Yeah. So, um, for now, at least, you know, forestry technician for sure, the 0462 series. So you can search by series or by title forestry technician. And then I would just suggest narrowing down the GS level. So if you have like little to no experience, you'd probably want to be looking for GS three or four positions. And, you know, if you have a little bit of experience just up from there, Um, and then if you know the number that you're looking for, like say 
you have um, emailed um, two different fire management officers, the outreach forms, Mm -hmm. and they actually send you back the announcement number or they send you the outreach back with the announcement number. You can search for an announcement number as well. It's just like when you first go to the USA Jobs website, there's a big field up at the top. It's a search bar. You can search a title, a series and a location. Um, So yeah, it's pretty simple, but it definitely knowing what to look for, like how to narrow it down. I think narrowing down the search is the best. And um, also just looking at who the announcement's open to, like, is it open to the public, which is considered a demo announcement, or is it open to um, special like eligibles or current employees, which would be considered a merit announcement. So, um, you know, you just have to judge on your experience. If you need to be applying to a merit or a demo, you can always apply to both. Well, I say you can apply to both. If you are a, one of those eligibles, you are a permanent employee. You can apply to demo as well. Sometimes, sometimes it can help you out. But, um, if you don't have that eligibility and you apply both, it's, I mean, I guess you just get kicked out of merit, you know, whatever. So yeah, no big deal. I mean, you still yeah. got a demo going. So yeah, you're right. Good. Exactly. Exactly. So, and now uh, speaking of which, I mean, would you recommend applying for both just regardless? Oh, oh yeah, for sure. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I would definitely. And I think especially like I recently had this client who worked for a state agency and he was basically like a kind of like an AFMO for a state agency um, and how he had written his resume, or maybe it was the, uh, the level he applied to, he only got a GS seven. And I was like, you know, he probably should have qualified for an eight or nine. Yeah. And um, so if I were to go back and rewrite his um, work experience and they were to reevaluate it, um, he could potentially qualify for a higher GS level. Um, but if he just says, well, I'm a permanent seven now, I'm just going to apply merit. They're only going to consider your time in grade as a permanent or as, as you know, your time in grade with the feds. So all that state stuff, they aren't going to reevaluate it or, you know, reconsider it, if that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. But that's also kind of playing to the fact that you need to have your crap together, as in right. your your documents. Right, like the, right. The more supporting evidence you have, once it hits Albuquerque and it goes through that initial vetting uh, process, if you have your documents in place, I mean, you can't really argue that. That's a hard document. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the documents, um, I know you were asking about this earlier too, the type of documents that you need to have. So obviously you have to have your resume, duh. And um, you'll also want to have your SF-50 if you are a um, either a permanent employee or Land Management Workforce Flexibility Act eligible you might have an SF-50. So if you work for the feds, you'd probably have that SF-50. You'll want to attach any transcripts you have, your IQCS master record, or That's if your state... one. Right, exactly. Or if your state IQS, I think they have IQS. If for some reason you don't have one of those, like say you're a total newbie um, and all you have are certificates, like your NWCG certificates, just scan your certificates and upload them in there. Um, 
so yeah, you'll definitely want to have all those. If you're trying to claim any kind of like veterans preference, they have like the DD-214 or SF-15. So those are for vets. Oh, and the one thing I was uh, almost forgot earlier, your performance appraisal. So you, you have to attach your, a performance appraisal. And again, if you don't have a performance appraisal, because like this other client that I had where he just got hired by the feds um, and he worked for a state agency before, um, he didn't yet have a performance appraisal with the feds. So I recently saw some guidance on this too. So if anyone else is listening and, and is having this issue, basically they just want you to write up a statement and attach it just saying why you do not have your appraisal, why it's not available, and a statement saying that as far as you know, your um, performance was at an acceptable level the entire time and the reasons for separation were other than misconduct or performance and you were never notified that your performance was unacceptable and you were never told that you were not eligible based on performance. Um, so they said to just type something up that addresses those and that that would work in lieu of having an actual performance appraisal. So yeah, that's kind of a unique situation though. So well, that's no, it's, it's good information to have because what if you apply for a job midway through your season before, I mean, we don't get num numerical ratings on a mid season EPAP, right? Right. Exactly. Eval. You don't, you get right. that at the end of the season. And if you exactly. get picked up, well, you're not going to have anything. You'll have yes. a blank sheet of paper that's signed in your mid season. Maybe that's about it. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that's good information. I mean, this <laughs> USA jobs, it's kind of archaic and it's, it's a pain in the ass and it's really, really hard to navigate sometimes, but with a little bit of assistance and it, even like some practice, I mean, I even recommended to people that you do a dry run with applying to jobs just to figure yeah. it out. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I applied to like a regional aviation officer just as a dry run and no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Well, like I, I went and looked at the application because I was like, okay, I had a client who's the regional aviation officer and I wanted to look at like the KSAs and like um, what he would be expected to uh, speak to in his resume. So um, yeah, I, I went in and tried to apply to that. Obviously I was not qualified and I was not referred, but <laughs> yeah, go figure, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that's, that's a good thing though, because you're practicing, right? Practice makes Yeah, perfect. exactly. Exactly. Or you just get landed in a position that you're wildly unqualified to do <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, oh, some clerical well, issue. Never, you never know with the feds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen some stuff before, but... Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Haven't we all? But no, this is good stuff. And, and now the most, I wouldn't say necessarily the most important part, but the meat and potatoes of your whole application process, that's going to be your resume, right? Right. And there's a absolutely. lot of important stuff. Like if you forget like something as simple as putting like your hours worked, automatic dequal, you're automatically right. unqualified for the job. So let's go over writing a bomb resume. Right. For sure. And it is kind of ridiculous. Um, some of the things that you could get disqualified for if you forgot to say 40 hours per week. Oh my gosh, that's, that's a funny, I have a little funny story about that. But just to start off, your resume is your application for federal jobs. So normal resumes for like private industry, you don't usually put your supervisor's contact info. You don't usually put your references, but this is your application. And therefore you have to put your references. And I've seen like some regional strategic assessments for a regional fire hire when they evaluate the ab applicants. If you fail to put references, you will be 
declared ineligible. Or if you have old content, like they can't get a hold of your references because the information's either wrong or old, you'll still be thrown out. So definitely have to have your references on there. Um, other things, yeah, the 40 hours per week. So this is kind of silly because if you are a permanent employee in FIRE, you're an 0462, there are no temporary wildland firefighter positions that I can think of. So it's like, you know, aren't you full-time permanent? Like a, you know, but you know, you still have to put 40 hours per week or 40 plus, you know. I know so many people that have gotten disqualified or deemed ineligible for the position just because they forgot something as simple as that. Right, right. Like hours and worked per week. It's like, what, what do you want me to put 120 hours a week? It's right. dead of fire season. Right. It's so silly. And it's also funny because it's not like you get credit for working more than 40 hours a week. Like you if sure you work don't. 100, right, 120 hours a week, you don't get like extra credit. So it's just, yeah. Anyway. So yeah, you have to put your hours per week, 40 plus. It just basically, if you're full time, you want to say at least 40 hours per week. So that's like a huge kind of one that sometimes people forget. But that and the references are ones that people forget a lot. Um yeah. Um, they also want a lot of times your supervisor's email. Just nowadays, a lot of reference checks are done through email. They just send the form and then they fill it out. So putting their email is just really great to do. Um, I would highly recommend it. So, yeah. So uh, actually, I got a question for you to, to ask sure. you for that. Um, I'm sure. out of fire. I've been, this is my first uh, year out of fire in 11 seasons, right? And I still get reference checks. I, I get still people call me up, hit me up, and I get emails from people giving re- reference checks, right? Mm-hmm. That's, I'm still qualified to do that as a person. Even if you're out of, out of fire, you are c- completely qualified to do that. So right. yeah, don't, don't hesitate to have like a former captain that might be you know, out of the game. Just make sure you get his right email address or her right phone number, any of that. Just make sure it's all dialed in. Right. For sure. And just make sure it's their updated one. Like if they left, if they've left the forest service or they left, let, I can't even talk. If they've left the agency, make sure you have their most current one. Um, yeah, for sure. And you can use, um, when you list your supervisor, of course, you'll want to list your supervisor of record, but for references, you could list like an FEO or your captain. Like if you're on a hotshot crew, your captain, it doesn't have to be the superintendent. Um, you can also list a peer, you can list squad boss, um, you can list an FMO, like if the FMO or AFMO knows you really well, knows your work ethic, but they're not your actual supervisor, that would be a great person to list for a reference. Oh yeah. Clout has a, it carries some weight there. Right. Yeah. No, it's, no, it's all good stuff. But, um, I mean, what are some other things that are mandatory? Like, uh, we always, uh, other simple mistakes to avoid. Well, um, hmm, I, you know, I'm trying to think of, I'm looking over, I have lots of forms and lots of tips that are actual official OPM and Forest Service USDA. Um, and I think that that's kind of, they want to put, they want you to put your start and end dates for each job. So include the month, day and year. So that's really important, especially if you're trying to get time and grade, you'll want to put the day um, that you started working. So say like, um, you're trying to qualify for a GS six, you, you just barely have enough time as a GS five. You have to have 12 consecutive or 12 months, basically solid. So if it's two seasons, you have to have two seasons, six months. So you have to have 12 months and they want to know down to the day. So you'll want to put the day. Um, so like, say you started May 10th, 
2020. You'll want to put May 10th, not just May 2020. Because I've actually seen people who were um, initially offered a job. And then when HR went through and kind of did like a time and grade edit, it was like, oh, sorry, you are four days shy. And it's like, are you serious? <laughs> no, it happens. Right. It happened so to me. <laughs> yeah. So you'll want to put down those... Um, those dates. Um, and I'm looking through, I have like a, a really good resume tips form, just kind of other things. I think that those are kind of the mandatory things, obviously the job title and your series, that's an important one. If you're, if you are a federal employee, you'll want to put your series. Um, yeah. And other than that, it's just things that are like really good to have or um, some just some good practices or best practices about writing a resume. Um, you'll just you'll want to highlight like your accomplishments in really great detail um, and just a lot of detail. I, I recommend using a PD, a position description to write your resume. And in that resume, or excuse me, in that position description, you'll see all the duties that you'll be expected to perform. But like, I'll just give away like one of my little secrets. So if you, if you do get your PD or you do get your hands on a PD for the job that you are applying to look towards the back, you'll see how you will be evaluated right Ooh. there. Yes. Big brain values. time. Yes. So you'll want to make sure that you um, address those factor statements and it gives you a point value like right there of how you will be evaluated. So you'll want to find for the job you are applying to, you'll want to make sure that you address all of those, um, all of those factor statements. But that's, that's probably the only secret that I'm going to give on that. But um, yeah, other than that, a lot of detail. I mean, if, and if you, if you know what it is, say, you know what it is, if you've done it one time, you're an expert, right? I mean, not really, but well, yeah. <laughs> expert. You, I, I'm an expert at, um, using a shovel to dig a hole. I mean, you know, yeah. whatever it is. I mean, you're not applying to be a rocket scientist here. You're basically right. applying to go hang out with 20 of your homies in the woods and dig holes. Right. And I mean, don't lie, obviously. Well, like, yeah. don't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, don't don't. Yeah. Don't lie because you'll get caught. And then if you're caught when uh, you're placed in position and you're not qualified for this, you will be removed from service. Right. Right. So definitely don't lie. But you really don't want to sell yourself short. This is it's not the time to be humble. Um, so you definitely want to highlight like everything that you've did done, excuse me, and how you did it. So it's not just like, uh, use Pulaski, Doug Handline, like, how did you do it? I mean, well, that's kind of hard to say how you did it, but, um, if you're highly proficient with something, you're like the go-to person for like programming your, everyone's radio on your crew. You're the go-to person for this, or you're serving as lookout a lot because you're highly reliable and you've got that kind of seniority on the crew, just things that, um, are your, that you're the go-to person for your independent roles that are assigned to you. Some people like, these are kind of more lower level things, but some people they're like the tool manager, you know, and they are in charge of the tools. And like, you know, you do that really well because you manage them all and you make sure that everyone's tools are in order and they're on the truck and that they're ready to go and they're not broken and that they're safe to use and blah, blah, blah. Or, so, or if you happen to be like the saw boss or something like that, yeah, I manage the, the saws of whatever crew or this engine or this helitech crew. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So those independent roles are really good because it also helps your resume be a little bit more unique because, I mean, you anyone can say they've used a Pulaski, they've operated a, a portable pump, they um, did all these things. Um, you know, it could be anyone's resume, but you want it to be more unique to what you have done and your strengths and your skill level and how you did these things. Um, another thing to highlight too, sometimes people forget just like committees. If you're on committees, um, even if they're like silly, like district safety committee, I shouldn't say silly, but, um, you know, it doesn't have to be a national or regional level committee or even a forest level committee. It could just be, you know, something on your module that you were assigned, um, to manage, um, that you're working with other people, um, hashing out details or, you know, especially when you're working with other departments to come up with different operating plans. Like say you're working with a fuels person to help, um, set up work for the crew during like the shoulder seasons, um, stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't know, I can give a lot of examples there, but I guess, I guess just going back to the resume, some other like best practices, you know, I've heard a lot about, um, bullet point versus paragraph. And if you use small, kind of small paragraphs, like if you read a PD and you see kind of the length of the paragraphs and the length of the sentences, and if you wrote your resume in a similar manner, that would probably be fine. But bullet points are super popular. The problem with bullet points is people put these short like fragments, like it, it turn it ends up looking like a checklist of like laundry list of like, did this, did this, did this, did this, did this, did this. And it's not organized. It's not in any kind of, you know, it doesn't flow well. Um, so if you do bullet points, make sure you have complete sentences and maybe organize them to flow well. And so when someone's reading it, they're also not struggling to get through your list to find the relevant duties that you did. Um, so I also suggest using headings. And even if you're still using a USA jobs format, you can still put like headings, like an all caps heading, and then just kind of do like a little dash or an asterisk. And there you go. So, I mean, I recommend doing that. Um, if you do the bullet points again, as just make sure they flow. And it's not just like this long list of like a checklist of stuff that it's just hard to read through. It's just, it's hard to read through. No one's going to sit there and like, it's just, it's hard to, yeah. It's hard no, to read. I totally get it. I mean, especially when the hiring committee is sitting down there, you know, in Sacramento or wherever they might be and they're reading hundreds of resumes, possibly even a day. Right. Right. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. Definitely make it, I mean, make it cohesive, make it like stand out. I mean, right. do all that stuff, but also make it concise at the same time. Right. For um, sure. Yeah. For me and my resume writing, which uh, is okay, I guess. I mean, it's nothing special, but I've always used the hybrid method where I'll do like a, like a brief description of duties of what I did that season and then like proficiencies and all this other right. stuff. And then I also would do like achievements. Like, so I'm showing progression in my career throughout every season. Right. Right. And that's kind of like what I do when I'm writing other people's resumes. Um, so I guess if just like a little bit of what I do, um, so I create a custom word document and I, I'm always creating new layouts. Like I like to be a little bit of 
a little artistic and a little and and modern, but not too artistic because it still has to be screened through Albuquerque. They still have to be able to find the information. And this this resume might be printed and scanned. And so like your printed copy doesn't come out right because you use too many colors or used weird fonts. And then it's scanned and uploaded into something to where it like makes it even worse where someone can't read it. So I always just try to be mindful of like, who is going to see this? Where is it going? Are they going to be able to read this information? Like if you're using a lot of colors and fonts and weird things, um, it might just be too much for a federal resume. But at the same time as I try to be a little creative and modern and I'm always creating new templates and my format is... Um, Pretty much like first page is an overview of all your greatest accomplishments, blah, blah, blah. And then from there on, every job takes about one to two pages in detail to explain. And I use the subheadings. I use like a hybrid kind of a paragraph bullet point kind of style. And then the last couple pages are um, usually like a training table. If your quals aren't on the first page, I put them, you know, towards there or education and anything else that's not elsewhere in the resume. And then, um, references, any additional information. And that's, that's kind of it. And it, they tend to be, I mean, they average anywhere from probably three pages for someone who's like brand new with no experience to, I had a GS 14, her resume was like 28 pages long. Holy shit. I was going to say though, that's the, that's the thing with federal service though. They want to see everything, right? It's basically a background check of your life. But right. my resume is 11 or 12 pages, I want to say. Right. And I, I was just yeah. the GS6. Right. Mine is too. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're long. That's the other thing that people need to know too is the federal resume. They need all the details and they're, they tend to be very long. So, yeah. It's wildly different from applying for the private sector, you know, where you just Absolutely. get like a, a two page, you know, quick hitter and then you just like hope for the best. Right. Right. Yep. For sure. So what about some other hints, uh, as far as like writing a resume, what else, what else do you got? Well, let me see. I mean, I don't want to give away like too many of my, you know, my, uh, secrets, but, um, I guess just application hints or just some, a few ideas, um, cover letters can be really effective. I think, um, a lot of people don't use cover letters very often. I mean, I guess a good handful of my clients request a cover letter. I write cover letters for people too. Um, but the cover letter you want it to be tailored to the job you are applying to. You can have kind of like a more generic cover letter that, um, is for just like primary fire. But if you know, especially if you know where you want to apply and the type of job you are applying to and um, you know, you should tailor it to that. And also in a cover letter, it's kind of cool because you get to explain why you want the job and why you're passionate about it. And it really can, a hiring manager could look at that and be like, wow, this person really wants this job in this specific place. And this is why, and I know they're going to stay. They're not just going to like come here and be like, uh, I'm not really digging this place. Thanks for the quals. I'm out. Right. I'm going to Cal Fire. No. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it happens. Oh, I know. I know. So uh, definitely, you know, Cal Fire or excuse me, cover letter is a a good idea to have. Um, uh, Yeah, I don't. What else um, were we just talking about? Uh, Oh, yeah. Just some other tips and tricks. But uh, what about the KSAs? Like nailing your KSAs. Obviously, you can't lie on that. Um, Right. But you also need to give yourself credit for what you've done. So explain that. 
So yes, when you go to apply, um, USA jobs, it like reroutes you to, um, the application where you're clicking all these boxes of things that you've done and how you've done them. So you want your resume to reflect those KSAs that are in that application. Um, most of those KSAs are, they come from the PD itself. So as long as you're using the PD to write your resume, you should be fine. Um, but the KSAs can be tricky, like on clicking the right boxes, because sometimes it's hard to tell what is the highest level of experience. If you're like, well, I've done all of these, which one is the highest level? Um, that can get kind of hard to tell. And I've heard of some people actually calling Albuquerque ASC for four service jobs. ASC and they just say like, you know, I've done all of these, like you kind of help me out here and tell me which one's highest. And I don't know if they exactly will tell you which one's the highest, but they can help break it down for you. I so, I mean, you. right. And so as much as I know about resumes and applications and USA jobs and everything, I, I mean, I guess I had to throw this out here that I don't work for the feds. Like I'm not like a I don't work for ASC and they're the ultimate authority on how they want to evaluate things and, and that kind of stuff. So I just do my best to stay fresh on like OPM, the office of personal management. Um, they're basically their guidance and forest service guidance and everything I hear about fire hire and the strategic assessments. I just do my best to stay up on that. And my clients are really good at updating me on that kind of stuff. Um, so I just, I have that kind of knowledge, but again, it's, I'm not like an authority on it. So. Yeah. But what you're doing is pretty damn effective from what you've experienced. No, thanks. I mean, yeah, I'd like to think so, I guess. I mean, I, the one thing that I definitely can say is that my clients keep coming back. They're getting details. They're getting temporary promotions. They're getting promotions. And then they want to come back and update their resume. Um, so, I mean, I've been in business for four years now. And um, I'm thinking of some of like my long, my longest clients I've had. It's only been four, year, four years. But um, how they've moved on. Like I had one go from like a GS9 to 11 to 12. And he's doing like national aviation stuff now. So... Um, so he's been really successful. Um, and there's several others too, that have really climbed up, but you know, as funny as it is, like the resume is a, is a really important part of it. Your references are totally can make or break whether you get the job or not. So it's like, you know, I can't guarantee that someone's going to get the job. If I do your resume, um, definitely make sure you're choosing your references wisely. Cause that makes a huge, huge, huge difference. So, yeah. well, you wouldn't want to put like a captain or somebody or squad leader that you didn't necessarily didn't get along with. Right. For sure. Bad. Well, and I think the other thing that people should think about is asking a person if you can use them as a reference, because if they aren't your direct supervisor and like anticipating that they're probably going to get a reference check for you, um, you might just want to prep them or ask them first, because if, if they get a call out of the blue and they're not prepared and they're just kind of like, um, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I didn't have any issues with him. I mean, yeah, he did pretty good. I don't really remember anything specific that would, you know, it, it just, it doesn't, 
it's not as effective as if they were prepared and they're knowing to expect it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, that's also a professional courtesy that you want to give your overhead as well. It's like, hey, do you mind if I use you as a reference? That's just right. common courtesy. For sure. But some people, I mean, you'd be amazed. Like they don't communicate with these people that they're going to ask to be the references. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's a good tip though. I mean, right. For sure. And that's for anybody, whether you're, you know, just entry level GS jobs to GS fantastic, you know, that's, oh, that's yeah. a, a thing across the board pretty much. Yeah. Speaking of GS Fantastics, I mean, you, you just said that you write resumes occasionally for that GS 9, 10, 11, 12, all the way through, you know? Right. I, yeah. So I have this several like 9, 10, 11 resume um, clients. I have a couple 13s. I have like two 14. I mean, so yeah, definitely the higher levels are there's, there's less higher level positions. I mean, as opposed to like, there's tons of like GS three, four, five, six kinds of positions, the higher you go up, there's just less. And so of course I have less of those clients, but definitely have, um, a, a good chunk of like nine, 11 AFMO, FMO, um, district and force level. Um, and I'm trying to think, I mean, just most of my national and regional level positions have been more aviation related. So, yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So now we've all written our resume. We're all taking a shot in the dark here and uh, trying to try our luck at uh, at these resumes, right? And, and our application. So what do we do if we just get absolutely stuck? Well, you call me, of course, right? So, <laughs> so shameless you know, plug. <laughs> no. Right, right, right. So, like, depending on the time of year, um, you know, I am providing a service and and the service aspect of it is really important to me as far as uh just serving the community. I mean, like, yes, this is a business, but I just take a lot of pride in being able to help other people. Um, with their career and, and their livelihood. Um, so when time allows, you know, if, if I'm not like inundated during, um, fire hire, I definitely can just take a quick look at someone's resume and say, Hey, you know, you didn't put your references or, um, you know, it would look better if you did X, Y, Z and they can kind of do it themselves. But, um, just during, um, during fire hire, it just gets really challenging to do any kind of like pro bono, but, um, you know, definitely getting a hold of me through email. I always recommend at least 30 days before fire hire opens, uh, getting a hold of me just because I can have like 40 clients, 40 resumes within like a 30 day window that I need to get done. That's a huge caseload. Holy shit. It is. And like, I'm doing the bulk of the writing. I do have a couple of helpers, but I'm doing the bulk of it. And, um, so it's, it, I definitely get a little overloaded during fire hire. Um, so earlier, the better again, it's like, I can't emphasize that enough, but, um, I do like to just try to help people give them a few pointers and how they can improve it themselves as well. Um, I'm definitely an advocate for them doing it themselves, but I totally also understand. And this is why I exist is like, I totally understand that if you're a GS three, four, five, six, whatever, and your job is to be 
digging line and being, you know, this physically demanding, making critical decisions on the fire line. You're not necessarily expected to be an award-winning writer. Um, that's why I'm here is to, to write all of that for these people. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's why I'm here. No, no. I mean, um, as far as like rates go, I mean, that's all uh, subject to change, of course, depending on the length and complexity of it, too. Uh, so but what's like what's like your standard rate going for you? Right. So the the standard rate is based off GS level. It's like whatever your GS level is. So if you have no experience, you'd be a GS three. Um, and just the more experience you have, the more expensive it is, for example. And just for an entry level resume, it's two hundred dollars, which is pretty cost effective in my mind when you consider the length and the time that the resume takes. Um, my, I found that it averages about $50 a page, give or take. And that's not the set rate, but it's, that's about the average. And if you think $50 a page for like this single space, like highly detailed document, it's, it's, that's, yeah, it's worth the time. And it's also just an investment in your future and your livelihood and your career. So you literally took the words right out of my mouth right there. You, that's the thing right. is like you're investing in your future. Right. And, you know, that being said, is I am really mindful about my prices, like I, I literally mull it over like so hard. You don't even know, because I totally understand that people aren't in this profession to get rich. And some people think, oh, firefighters, they have all this money. And <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, right. I'm like, especially when you're a federal, like, you know, forestry technician, you know, it's, it's a real struggle for a lot of people. And, you know, I just think back to when I was a GS five, I was living in mammoth lakes and I was like fresh out of college. I had a car payment. I had a student loan payment. I had my rent gas was $4 and 50 cents a gallon. I was commuting 80 miles a day. Like I had to waive my health benefits because I could not afford them. And I get it. Like I so get it. And, you know, cost of living is just astronomical in some places. And oh, yeah. so I, I'm really mindful about, you know, not trying to price gouge people on it. Um, and just, like I said, I mean, $50 a page is approximately what it, what it equals out to. I think that that's fairly reasonable and considering the investment side of it too. So I think it's damn cheap. I mean, if you think that's expensive, the 200 bucks or the $50 a page, try hiring a lawyer. That shit is right. expensive. Right. Well, and the other thing too, is when I'm finished with the resume, I give you a word document that if you want to update it yourself in the future, you are fully welcome to totally do it yourself. So that resume is yours forever, where if you want to start updating it or if you need to just make minor changes, you can do that. Um, but it also just a little caveat, it is copyrighted. So, um, it can't be shared or copied. Like you can, obviously people are going to see your resume when you apply places, but you cannot like say, yeah, Hey buddy, I use my template right here. Just copy it and paste it. Nope. Actually it's copyright protected. So, but you still are fully able to edit your own resume and for your own, you know, for the purposes of, pursuing your own employment. Yeah. That's what it's, that's what it's for. So no, that's good though. I mean, right. it, it's a living document you're creating for somebody and that has a lot of value. Right. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's awesome. So uh, as far as uh, other services that you provide, do you provide anything else besides like the cover letters and the resumes? 
Well, I have done some KSAs, like actually wrote them out for someone. Um, nowadays, what I've seen, and it changes all the time, but like hotshot crew or hotshot supervisors, superintendents, sorry, duh, hotshot superintendents, um, they have these little fields they have to fill out now where it asks them like to explain your um, experience with such and such. Um and so I've had a few hotshot superintendents um, come back to me and say, hey, can you write something up for me about how I did this? And so I've done that. And also they're called CEQs, I believe, um, for like some of the higher GS-14s where they have to, it's basically like a KSA document where you have to answer like in narrative format, like how you've done certain things and explain certain things. So um, that's a about the extent I've thought about doing some like interview services, but I haven't really, um, I haven't really gone anywhere with it much. And especially they don't do a lot of, um, interviews these days with the force service, no, like it's with usually blind hire. Right. So it's, I thought, well, I don't know if I want to focus my efforts too much in that, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, this yeah. is this is cool. I mean, uh, we we've covered a lot of stuff. We covered resumes, applying. We talked about your service that you offer, which is freaking awesome. And I wish I knew about this. I don't know years and years well, thank ago. You. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. No, thank you for what you do. That's awesome. No. It's going to help a lot of people. Well, so, where, where do we get a hold of you? So, I have a website www.outdoorcareers.net. Uh, my email is the best way to get a hold of me. It's heather at outdoorcareers.net. Um, I do have social media. I have Instagram and Facebook, but I have to be, I have to apologize up front. I'm not very good at keeping up, especially on Facebook, but Instagram, I check my messages there quite frequently. Um, I just don't post a lot because like, what's so exciting about resumes, like posting, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to post pictures of resumes on Instagram. I mean, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I struggle just to find like exciting and relevant content to post all the time, but you can definitely, um, get a hold of me on Instagram, outdoor careers, um, on Instagram and yeah. Perfect. Yeah, we'll uh, definitely put some links in the show notes to get a hold of you for uh, services. Oh, and, uh, right. For sure. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. Instagram is so funny. Like, I love all the memes, especially like wildland fire memes. I have, I think <laughs> I have, <laughs> well, and I, when I say wildland fire me, I just mean like in general, but um, I am like so tempted to post some of these memes because I, I think I have a pretty good sense of humor, but then I'm all, I'm always like, I want to keep it professional. And like, I don't, I would never want to offend anyone. Like, you know, oh, so yeah. yeah. And, it's yeah. it's a weird world we live in. I mean, a lot of people yeah. can't take a joke, but then again, some of that stuff is rather, you know, offensive. <laughs> Speaking of memers though, <laughs> last week, um, yeah, last episode uh, we did. Uh, who was it? Oh, worst responders, and he was actually a pretty cool dude. A uh, little behind the scenes action recording, so it was pretty cool. awesome. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, uh, so we got your email, your socials, all that stuff, uh, all hammered out. And like I said, uh, I'll. Uh, oh yeah, and that's another thing I was gonna do is I'm gonna put uh, a link 
in my website to your services, D- direct link right. to uh, your website there. Yeah, uh, that would be resources great. page. Yeah, absolutely. That would be great. I think that would be like the most convenient way. Yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, if you could do me a favor and send me a logo and a you know brief description of what you do, even though we just had a very lengthy uh, hour long right. conversation about it. Yeah. yeah. Throw that up there yeah. so everybody can get a hold of you a little bit easier. But awesome. Yeah. At the end of the show, uh, I'd like to give you an opportunity to give a shout out to a homie hero mentor. <laughs> past, present, whoever you got, send it. All right. So there's like so many people. It's like, you know, I got to thank God and Jesus and all this. Um, so definitely Bethany, Hannah, I have to say, you know, when she helped me out and, and set up that business deal, that was just amazing. And I don't think I could ever, you know, properly give her enough credit for that. So definitely, she, I, I feel like is kind of the, the resume queen who kind of started, um, started this whole idea. So, um, she definitely deserves a lot of credit there for sure. And, um, I've had so many amazing coworkers and friends and clients who've shared my contact info. Um, and especially like some of the force I worked on Los Padres, Humboldt Toyabi, Okanagan, Okanagan Wenatchee, I got to say, you know, shout out to all those homies. And, um, I guess just like the, I have a story, just a quick story I was going to share. It's just really, yeah, it's just really touching. It's, um, and it kind of shows like the, just the personal satisfaction I get out of hearing when some of my clients have like gotten this job or they've been successful, like they got the job they really wanted. Um, it just, it means so much to me. And this one story I think about, my first season in fire, um, I had the shittiest pair of boots in the world. They tore my feet up. I won't even say what brand they are, but I will say I should have gotten Knicks. Anyway, I got Knicks later on in my career. But anyway, uh, my feet bled every single day for my first three seasons. I'm not even kidding. And my squad boss, uh, my first season, 2005, would he personally bandaged my nasty ass bloody feet with like moleskin, the whole nine yards. And I don't even know, like he didn't have to do this. I like, it was just, I don't know, just such a kind person, I guess. And I watched him like struggling to get his IC five at the time, just because the opportunity, you know, wasn't really there. And he was just like, kind of felt like his career was going nowhere. He thought about like being a game warden or this or that. And, um, fast forward to now, um, I started helping him with his resume just a couple of years ago and he's now an FMO. Um, oh, shit. yeah, he's a zone FMO. And so it's just to me like that for this to come full circle and to be able to give back to these people who like bandaged my feet, like, you know, that cared for me, like that's the level of investment that I feel like you know, especially everyone I write for, I feel like I know this person, like I've worked with this, even if I haven't worked directly with them, it's like, it's such a small world. And it's like, we we're all of this, like similar breed of these, you know, hard, like work ethic and, and integrity, duty, respect, integrity and everything. And, and so I just, I do take a lot of, um, a lot of care and all those. And, and I think just the, the last little quick story too, is just another long-term coworker who just got a district FMO position and, just being a, being a small part of that, you know, is just so satisfying. 
Nice. No, that's cool. It's good to see the success for stories that you uh, helped develop. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's uh, get happy tears. <laughs> yes. And uh, warm and of, fuzzies. If you want to try some, uh, if you think Nick's are nice boots, well, you should try some JK boots. Shameless plug. <laughs> oh, right. I've heard about. They look pretty good. I mean, Ooh. you know, I'm not in the. I'm not looking at buying any more boots at this point in my career. But you know, yeah. Oh yeah. They're, I've never heard a bad thing about them and they're awesome people and they make awesome boots. So cool. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, well anyways, Heather, uh, yeah. Aside from the shameless plugs there, plug in JK. Um, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show and, uh, divulging some of your expert knowledge into resume writing and navigating USA jobs and getting yourself a damn job. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I always love this kind of episodes. It makes people stoked. Oh, well, thank you so much. It I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It means a lot to me. Thank you. Anytime. And for those of you that are listening that may have need that uh, website again, uh, it is www.outdoorcareers.net. And her email is heather at outdoorcareers.net. So hit her up if you need some help. Heather, thank you so much for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> All right, guys. Peace. All right, there we go. Ladies and gentlemen, another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast is in the books with Heather from Outdoor Careers LLC. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing some of your expert advice and insider knowledge as to the whole application process in USA Jobs and Fire Hire. It's pretty stoked and uh, I'm pretty stoked about it. And there's not a lot of information out there. So this is definitely uh, helpful for those folks that are looking to up their game or get into the game. So we talked about USA Jobs. We talked about the resume, which is the cherry on top and a bulk of your application process. We talked about just applying in general, your KSAs and some other things to look out for. So hope you guys got all your documents and shit together because hiring season is fast approaching. If not, it's already on top of us. So get ready and go forth and do great kick-ass stuff. Do want to give a little, a little announcement here. Uh, we did start a Patreon due to the requests from you guys out there. And if you guys want to uh, support the Anchor Point podcast directly and get some pretty sweet benefits uh, along with that, like our private Discord, ser tis Discord server. For some reason, I can't talk today. And some other stuff. Uh, definitely go over to our Patreon page and I'll put some uh, links in the show notes for you for you guys to go and check that out. Special shout out to our sponsors. We got Manscaped, our latest and greatest. We are stoked to be working with those guys. And if you guys want 20% off and free shipping site-wide, use code AnchorPoint at www.manscaped.com. We got Mystery Ranch, the finest packs in the game. And I'm stoked to be working with those guys on the uh, Backbone series. Pretty stoked about that. We got Hotshot Brewery, the best damn coffee in the game. Kick-ass coffee for kick-ass kick cause. So definitely go over to www www.hotshotbrewing.com and check them out. We've got the ass movement and that extra big ass kick ass giveaway. So go out there, clean up some trash, send us a photo as uh, some proof and we'll get you guys some swag. Pretty stoked about that. And last but not least, we've got this movie generation. Bethany, you got a kick ass organization over there. Keep doing what you're doing. Anyways, hope you guys enjoy the show. Stay savage, stay safe. I'll see you on the next one. Peace. Peace.